is the Dan Grasso Show. Here we are, 4-5, round one, Knicks are there, Cleveland's there, and Donovan Mitchell is there. I don't care how you want to look at this thing, and I don't care how big of an optimistic Knicks fan you are, Knicks got a chance to win this series. Now, a lot of it, though, is going to hinge on the status of Julius Randle. You know, the Knicks aren't beating the Cavaliers if one of their best players is not at their best. If you have a diminished version of Julius Randle, if you have a diminished version of Jalen Brunson, guess what? It's going to be a quick exit in this series. This. We're in 2022 or 2023. That's a legit question. Harvey, help me out, please. <laughs> Is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN. I'll have you know that we did get an answer to that question during the break. We have confirmation it is 2023. (laughs) Big news, breaking news on this Saturday morning. Hey, we aim to please. Only the best. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. It's been a long week, guys. You know, not used to waking up as early as I had to wake up all week. But you know what? I did it. Have fun. Enjoyed it. But I'm I'm, I'm fighting through it. I'm still trying to, you know, work off the scar tissue, as they say. I actually got to sleep in a couple of hours longer today before the show, which is nice, you know? 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. At Dan Gross is where you can get me on Twitter. We do actually have some breaking news um, as far as the golf is concerned. And they're finishing up round two of the Masters because there's been a lot of things that have been happening in Augusta the last couple of days, right? The weather, trees falling, everything. I mean, it's not a good omen for the tournament. But Tiger Woods, among others, had to go out there and finish his second round today. And it did not go according to plan. He finished one over for the round, and he's three over for the tournament, which means he ain't making the cut. So for the first time, there you go, first time in Tiger's pro career, he is not going to make the cut down at Augusta, which is unbelievable, 22 years in a row, and that ain't happening there for Tiger. Look, you have to adjust your expectations. I know that he pulled the rabbit out of his hat a few years ago, and everything the guy's been through, It would have been nice to have him there for the weekend. It would have been nice to have him uh, in the conversation even by the time Sunday rolled around. But that's not going to be the case here. And, um, look, right now it's Brooks Kepka's to lose. Generally in his career, when he has had a 36-hole lead at a major, he has been very, very tough to beat. You know, he's sealed the deal four out of five times when that's happened. Um, And right now he's got to be the favorite going into the weekend. I mean, I know John Rahm is certainly capable and he's right there. But first of all, we'll see how much golf they're able to play over the next 24 hours because it's raining right now and they're just trying to get through the second round. And Lord knows if they're going to be able to even start round number three. And if they do, how much they're going to be able to get in here. So we'll keep you up to date here uh, as we move forward through the morning here on moving day or what's traditionally considered moving day down at Augusta. As far as the Jets are concerned. Still don't have any further certainty about Aaron Rodgers, even though, look, we've been saying it for weeks. It's going to happen. Trust me. And we are now less than three weeks away from the start of the draft. Okay? Draft kicks off on what? The 27th, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, Thursday night, the 27th? It'll get done. Trust me. Let's say it happens. Once it happens. Once we get into the season here. You know, this is another thing that we kind of, you know, toss back and forth here throughout the week. So you have Aaron Rodgers. Expectations are at an all-time high. You finally got a guy that you feel you could go toe-to-toe with, with some of the other top quarterbacks in the NFL. Really the first time in, in years that the Jets have been able to even stake that claim. Let's say the Jets make the playoffs. Maybe not even win the division. Make the playoffs, and they win a, win a wild-card game. 
right? You get a victory under your belt. You win double-digit games. You're starting to feel good about yourselves. First playoff victory in a dozen years. Substantial step forward. But that's where the journey ends. You don't go any further. You able to consider that a successful run if you're a Jet fan? You know, everything that went into getting Aaron Rodgers, the pieces that you brought in, and look, they're not even done bringing in pieces yet. You know that they're still going to continue to add to this team. But all the hoops that they had to jump through to make this thing possible, is winning a playoff game satisfactory enough? You know, some people will say, no, you got to win a Super Bowl, Super Bowl, or bust. I can't look at it that way. You can't. And I think that you have to almost compare it just to the conversation that we had earlier in the offseason about whether or not getting Aaron Rodgers was something feasible or worthwhile. Remember, there were a lot of you guys that didn't even want him. You're going to sit there and you're going to point fingers at the fact that he hasn't won games in the playoffs as much as he maybe should, especially for a guy who's accomplished as much as he has in the regular season, that, you know, when you get to the postseason, he falls flat and blah, 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 blah. And you shouldn't want to waste your time with a guy like that. Well, you know what? Those type of people aren't going to be satisfied with winning just a playoff game. But if I bring it back down to reality for a second, remember what the Jets are. Remember what the Jets have been. You know, the Philadelphia Phillies, Seattle Mariners, they made the playoffs last year in Major League Baseball, right? The Sacramento Kings made the playoffs in the NBA this year. So now that you have those names off the list and they finally were able to check that box to make the playoffs, you realize, right, that in North American team sports, MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, the team that has the longest postseason drought is none other than, ta-da, the Jets. So let that sink in for a second. Not that you need to be reminded that it hasn't been successful over the last decade plus. But yeah, the Jets have the longest playoff drought in North American team sports. And now I am giving you the prospect of not only making the playoffs, but actually winning a playoff game. And that's not going to be good enough for some people. And you're not going to be able to say, oh, yeah, it's a step forward. And look. Let's say Rodgers retires after the season. Oh, well, it was worth it. It was worth the shot. Because if you want to rewind 15 years ago to the whole Brett Favre experiment, that was a shotgun marriage. That happened very late in the process. Remember, that didn't happen until August, right? And Favre was a one and done. And Favre and that team kind of crashed and burned down the end of the season, didn't even make the playoffs. I don't know if you could say necessarily that it was successful, but, you know, Jets moved on. They drafted Mark Sanchez, went to a couple of championship games. And I don't know what the next plan would be if you only get Aaron Rodgers for one season and then he decides to move on. Like, I, I, I don't know what the next step is in terms of the playoffs and, or, I mean, in terms of the quarterback position. That's a question for Joe Douglas and his staff after 2023. But I still think that it's a worthwhile risk. And I know that they haven't had a lot of luck with developing quarterbacks, grooming quarterbacks in the draft, especially guys that you took extremely high in the process. You're talking about two top three picks in the last five years, and neither one of them worked out for you. That's why you have to go and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's on the back nine of his career, maybe only has one or two more years tops left in the game, but it's a four-time MVP and one of the top ten guys to ever play the position. You have to take the chance. And even if you only get one crack at it and one season, you got to do it. 
So you're asking me, if you get one year of Rodgers, you win a playoff game, is that good enough? Yeah, I think you have to say it is. Have to say it is. Just because if you're a fan for the last 12 years, when January rolled around and the NFL playoffs rolled around, you weren't a part of it. And in most of those cases, you were finished a heck of a lot sooner than by the time even December rolled around on the calendar. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Eric in Queens is up next here on this Saturday, 98.7 ESPN. Eric, how we doing? How's it going, Dan? Eric, talk to me. What's going on? I'm a big fan. Like, uh, So, first of all, when it comes to the Jets, um, you know, I don't think it's really – that big of a deal that uh, everybody's making about him only being there for a year because if Favre stayed healthy and obviously it's a, it was a big uh, letdown that he didn't, it was, you know, we were destined for a, a playoff run. And obviously health uh, being a big factor in this scenario too, but all things considered, we should definitely be in the playoff consideration and, you know, make a run this year if, if this all pans out. As far as the draft, though, I and when it's going to get done, I would say I think that there's going to be a lot of movement when it comes to the draft day deals. I think that there's a chance the Packers want to slide up to our pick in the first round. There's a chance that maybe they don't even uh, like our pick in the sec- or one of our picks in the second round, and we hold on to our picks and give them 2024 picks and then uh, then afterwards. What do you think about that? You're not keeping you're not keeping both second rounders this year. You're not. One of those is definitely going to Green Bay. The first round pick ain't moving either, right? I, I look, and I've been saying that to be fair, I've been saying that since day 1. Jets are not giving up the first round pick to Green Bay. They're not not for a 40-year-old oh, yeah. quarterback that doesn't have to be the case. Um but one of those two seconds is definitely going back to Green Bay. You're probably looking at the one of the second rounders and probably another draft choice somewhere um, in 2024, which will probably be a conditional pick, depending largely on the fact if Aaron Rodgers comes back for a second season, then that could bump up an extra round or two or something like that. Right, and then they're waiting on, like what I've been reading is that the final negotiation is the compensation that we get, the Jets get in return if he does not come back. Um, so I guess it's just the minor details, but isn't there a benefit for the Packers to wait to June 1st at post-trade? Yeah, $40 million cap hit. That's what they would get, a $40 million dead cap hit for June 1. But those are things that you can possibly wipe away here when you talk about these negotiations and the restructuring of certain deals and that type of thing. And, Eric, thank you very much for the phone call. Appreciate it. And, I, look, some of the financial haggling that's going on back and forth – I think is real because it is a little bit of a complicated issue when it comes to these contracts. Look, and I know that Rodgers is due a hell of a lot of money this year. What, what was it at last check? I don't have it in front of me. 59 million, 60 million, somewhere in that ballpark. That's what he's due just going in his piggy bank, which is a nice chunk of change, but that's not what's going to be the jet cap hit for the upcoming season, which is nice. You know, and I'm sure that if you're the jets, part of this whole long drawn out negotiation as well, is that they're having talks with Green Bay, and they probably want to see if the Packers are going to kick in some cash so Woody Johnson doesn't have to be the guy to write that $60 million check. Because if the Packers Packers kick in some cash, 
then maybe the draft choice and the compensation that the Jets send Green Bay's way is a little bit more substantial. You see what I'm saying? The money is also, I think, playing a role in what a little bit of this holdup is. It has to be. Chris in Staten Island is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Christopher, how are you? Hey, what's going on, Dan? How you doing, man? Chris, talk to me. What's going on, bud? Um, so I had an idea come to my head today, uh, just randomly. What are your thoughts on um, Dallas and Mark Cuban trading Luca to whoever gets the first overall pick? All right, let me ask you this question. Let's, if you are the team that gets the first overall pick in the draft. So right now, I mean, the worst team in the league right now is Detroit. Right. Yeah, Detroit or the Spurs. So right, so, and and we don't know how the the lottery is going to go. If if you're Houston, exactly. if you're Detroit, all right. Let let let's just say Detroit for a second, because remember you got Cade Cunningham, you got Jaden Ivey, you got a couple of young pieces there that you hope to build around. If you yeah. are Detroit, and you look at your roster and you look at the draft board, and you know Victor Wembayama, who's you know probably going to be the number one pick in the draft. He looks like he's one of yeah. these generational unicorn type players. Do you think? that bringing him onto your team is going to guarantee you more success in the coming years than giving up whatever it's going to take to bring Luka Doncic onto your team and then how you're maybe going to have to change the way your personnel is already constructed. You're going to bring in a guy who's a ball-dominant type player. That's the question that you have to ask yourself here. If it was me... Given the state of where a team picking number one in the draft is, and they're a bad team as it is, I probably would pass. If you were Detroit, I would pass. I would. I. Uh, I would right. take. I would take Victor. You know why? Because Luca is going to have to go to a place where they already have some pieces already on that squad. Like I don't. I don't think you bring Luca onto a team that's god awful. And the cupboard is bare, and you say, "All right, man, lead us to a championship." Because I, because I don't think it's going to happen. Where he is in his career, I don't think that that's the place to go right now. All right, yeah, that's true. Now look, like would you love to have him on your team? Otherwise, of course, absolutely. But Luca's yeah. a little bit of a uh, in, in his career right now. And Chris, thanks a lot for the phone call. Luca's interesting because something's changed over the last year, and it's not even just with basketball. You know, something even off the field. Or off the court, rather. You know, you saw him a couple of weeks ago give that press conference, and he just said, you know, he, the, the guy could, like, barely speak. He looked he, he, he looked miserable. And it was more than just what was happening with the basketball team. You know, they even asked him. He's like, he even said, on the court, off the court. Things are just miserable right now. You know, to where maybe it's weighing him down, to where he says to himself, you know, and, he, you know, the people around him, and he's having conversations with, maybe it's time that a change of scenery could do him well. And that would, I'll tell you, I know that he's got a ring, and I know that, you know, they've done more winning than losing during his time owning the team. But if they can't make it work with Luka down in Dallas, to where it gets to the point where Mark Cuban has to get up and trade this guy away, you know, if, if, if the player goes to management and says, get me out of here, I don't want to be here anymore, that's a massive fail. A massive fail. Because this dude's one of the most, unbelievable talents you have in the sport and he's he's essentially still just a pup and this is a guy who probably should have played his entire career in a Mavericks uniform not quite perfect not 100% but pretty damn good and 99% of the teams in the NBA will be tripping over themselves to get this guy in their squad
I mean, hell, you already paid him. You already gave him that nice, fancy extension. But sometimes these things aren't meant to be. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We come back, we'll continue the basketball conversation, the football conversation with Aaron Rodgers as well. And we're also going to do a little giant football too because, you know, look, Jets have dominated the offseason talk with the quarterback and all the changes they've made. Giants have gone out there. Remember, coming off a of playoff season, they've made a couple of nice moves. Not splashy, but I think that needs to be examined whether or not the Giants have necessarily done enough to put themselves not in just the position they were in last year, but maybe try to take it a step further. We'll get into that as well. Dan Gross' show. Remember, we're rolling until noon on this Saturday right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, it's time for this leaderboard update, which is presented by Rock Spring Golf Club. And, of course, we're talking about the Masters, the festivities down there at Augusta National. And it is raining cats and dogs down there in Georgia as we speak. Today was supposed to be, of course, the start of moving day, round number three. But they're still trying to finish round number two because that was uh, cut short yesterday. It's raining sideways! Of, of course. So you have to find a way to finish the round. And Tiger finished his second round earlier today. He shot a one over 73. Now, he's three over for the tournament, not looking in good shape, but he's just trying to make it to round number three. Because of, as of a few minutes ago, he was below the projected cut line, believe it or not. But Justin Thomas is having a whale of a time trying to finish out his round right now. He just bogeyed 17. So Justin Thomas, who has still got one more hole to play, depending on what happens here with him, that might alter and give a lifeline to Tiger here as far as maybe even trying to finish out the weekend. Now, whenever they do start round number three, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, whatever, because the forecast is not promising. Uh, Brooks Kepka's your leader, of course. He's 12 under. He's got a one-shot lead on John Rahm. And Rahm is somebody who is also still trying to finish up his second round. He's four under through 17 in round number two here. So he is now crawled to within a stroke of the lead. So you got Kepka at minus 12, Rahm at minus 11, and then everybody else there in the field. So we'll see how this plays out. The weather is going to have a lot to say about it the remainder of the afternoon here. If you keep your fingers crossed, we'll see. But I think you have to at least keep the possibility open that you might be looking at a Monday finish down there at Augusta. So this leaderboard update brought to you by Rock Spring Golf Club. Golf fans, check out Rock Spring Golf Club in New Jersey. 800 919 
That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Subi in Midtown. He's up next here on 98.7. Subi, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dan. So regarding the Knicks season, I think it's like a wash type of thing. It wasn't like the best season. It wasn't the worst season. It was a wash. The development of the young players was there. Now, the big question is, is if, you know, Portland this offseason moves Lillard, do you see them possibly saying, hey, we can give you Grimes and we can give you a couple of first-rounders and they'll take that? And then at that point, you do have a sharpshooter to match up with these teams who are just killers in the East. The Bucks would not be who the Bucks are without their supporting cast. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not only Giannis, and it's. I mean, the teams are proving Middleton's it. Middleton's like all Sixers. banged up too, right, Subi? Middleton's knee is all messed up. He's getting some imaging yeah. on well, it. I'm Here, just don't saying, know when how they won, he's going to be. When they won the championship, they wouldn't have done that without the supporting cast. So True. the Knicks are proving like you need a five strong, but you also need like a veteran type of player who can you know, drop 30 in the playoffs. And now Quentin Grimes, is that's going to be the big thing, is that someone like him, can he drop 30 in the playoffs? Obi Toppin has proven that he's not going to be that type of player. So you you need a supporting cast. That's, that's the NBA right now. It's not only the big three. I think with the Suns, what you'll see is that you'll see that Durant, Booker, and then you'll see maybe Chris Paul, if he can't pull through, they even they even they will have a tough time in the West, whereas the Warriors may, with their proven leadership, pull through to win the championship. That's all I gotta say. Subi, thanks for the phone call. I, I I think if you're the Knicks right now, how many of those guys do you have realistically on the roster? Like according to that description, somebody who would just go off and drop thirty in a playoff game. I think the Knicks only have two of those guys. I think it's Randall and Brunson. That's it. Right. I mean, R.J. Barrett, we know that he can, but, I mean, it's almost like when R.J. Barrett has one of those games in the regular season, you're surprised. And if he does it in the playoffs, I think that's even a greater diminished chance of that happening. You know, Quentin Grimes has been a revelation. of. I'll tell you, you know something? I'll be honest with you. Right now, as we get ready for the playoffs to start, if you're asking me, if you want me to rank the likelihood of guys that could drop 30 in a playoff game for the Knicks, Randall, Brunson, you know who number three is? Manuel Quickly. Manuel Quickly's got to be the guy. Because everybody else, it's kind of just like, well, yeah, maybe, but I just, not on that stage. I don't think it's happening. Mitch in East Windsor is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Mitch, how we doing? Happy holidays. What's up, Mitch? Happy holidays, Dan. Yeah, I think uh, either way, uh, both teams are up and coming. Cleveland and uh, Knicks, and would you say uh, Embiid has wrapped up the MVP? You think Embiid's getting the MVP this year? Yeah, I think so. Now, last game, we scored 50, 52. Well, I mean, you got to have more than just I, – I wouldn't make it all about just one game. I mean, look, it's we know that it's going to be one of three guys, and I do think that – you know, they, there's been so much, I, I think more so this year than in the last few seasons, there's been so much made about MVP and the voting and how maybe, you know, there, there's certain biases attached to it and this sort of thing. They might want to share the wealth a little bit and spread it out this year to where then it would probably go into MVP's favor because Giannis has won this thing a couple of times already. Jokic has won this thing a couple of times already. They might finally want to give it to MV because, after all, you're talking about a guy who's a center 
and he's going to win back-to-back scoring titles. You know when the last time that happened was? A center winning back-to-back scoring titles, especially in this day and age, where the center is supposed to be like prehistoric or considered extinct in the NBA? They're probably going to give it to him. At least that's what I would probably do. See, Mitch is interesting. Like, Mitch comes on, you don't, he makes a point, and then you don't know if he's still there. Like, if you're having a conversation with him, I love Mitch. Mitch is great. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll get into all the baseball stuff still as well. But as I said, let's sneak in some conversation here on the Giants when we come back in the offseason. They've had up until this point. Dan Gross' show, we roll till noon on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Dan Gross' show, we're rolling until noon at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Uh, Bay in Brooklyn up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Bay, what's going on this morning? Yes, Griff, I got a shout-out to my nephew, Obi Toppin. You know, his father is my nephew. Obi's your nephew, your real nephew. Yes, my real nephew. Awesome. Good to have you. So you're Uncle Bay. Yes. So, All right, you got to so, call in now as no. Uncle Bay. We need the uncle part. We need that. <laughs> but, but but his brother, I mean, my my his father, he's a twin, and his his son, the, the brother's uh, Obi's uh, brother, son plays in Israel. So, and now his. Uh, wait, 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 wait. So so Obi's Obi's cousin plays in Israel is what you're saying. No, no, Obi, the father of oh. Obi Toppin that's in the NBA, his yep. brother's son plays in Israel. Gotcha. Now, okay, now, the, the, the other brother, Jacob Toppin, who's in Kentucky, I Kentucky. think he, he might be coming into the draft this year. I'm not he sure. He was great in that AT&T commercial, by the way. That sh- he probably made yeah, some yeah. nice cash out of that because that thing was on about 9 million times during the NCAA tournament. Right, right. But but my nephew has to step up, being that, you know, the Knicks are a little banged up, and he always plays behind Randall. He has to step up his game, and he needs to get a mid-range game. I like that he shoots the three-point. I like the the, the, the stuffs, but he's got to step it up with a short-range game, you know, and a post game. So, uh, Uncle Bay, are you – how are you his uncle? Are you from mom or dad's side? Um, from his mother's side. My sister is Obadiah Sr.'s – Mother and Octavius senior mother. I, I'm so confused right now, but that's I'm going to take your uh, word for it. It's sister, okay. My sister mm-hmm. is their mother. Gotcha. Who's the grandmother of Obi Toppin Jr. Who plays with the Knicks? Okay, so you're you're like you're a great uncle, is what you're saying? Right. Gotcha. To okay, Obi the Toppin great uncle. That that me. makes sense yeah. to me. So your great uncle okay. Bay. I got gotcha. you. Now we established that. All right, let me ask you this. Are you satisfied with the amount of playing time that Obi's getting? Uh, not really, but I understand because Randall's a, a star player, but he needs to step up his game now, being that, you know, Randall's a little injured, and we don't know what, what kind of uh, – how that's going to happen, his game co- coming into the playoffs. So he just have to step up his game, being that they let him start the last few games. He has to step it up now. That thirty-two point game he has, he have to have more. He has to have more of those for them to really, you know, take down Cleveland. You know what I like about him, though. Like seriously, and and I understand that 
you know, uh, everybody would like to be playing more minutes. We get it. But you know what I like about Obi mm-hmm. is that Obi accepts his role. He never complains. He's always exactly. a team he's first guy. He's right? very humble. 100%. Yes, and he's very humble. He fits this team to a T. And look, you hope he continues to get opportunities. And you look, you never know when your number is going to be called. And especially in a situation like this in the playoffs, it's going to be right. all hands on deck. Everybody's got to contribute. So, you know what? I, I think cool. he's going to have his chance. That is correct. Uncle Bay, thanks for checking in this morning. I appreciate it, all right? There's our pal Uncle Bay. I don't know. Forgive me. I was I was confused about that one. I'm glad we finally got to the bottom of that, that he was a great uncle. Because when you think uncle, you're either, you know, you're 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 a brother of one of the parents. That's that's what uncle is, right? But now when he explained all that stuff and the great uncle and you know, this guy's playing in Israel, I, I'm sitting here trying to play connect the dots. It's 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 not working for me today. Harvey, this is asking a lot for me today already with all these different moving pieces, don't you think? At the very least. Um, I mean, we. It's been quite the effort these past few minutes. It's been. Well, think about how we started the show today. I didn't even know what year it was. Right? I mean, that, that, that wasn't an act. No, it was not. You even laughed about it to yourself. And you asked me, I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, that was a legit question. Like, what year? I, I, I don't look. There are things that when I woke up this morning, I didn't think I would expect to be asking someone. And one of them happened to be, what year are we in? Considering, and, there was legi- and there was legit curiosity there. Considering we're, you know, three months into the new year. And you know what the funny thing about it is, too? Like, when I sat there and tried, like, I had nothing around me, like, in my immediate vicinity to where, like, that would confirm, like, what year it was. Like, <laughs> that, like, like I'm like, all right, when you turn the phone on, does it tell you what year it is on your screen? No, it only tells you the day of the week and the month and the day. But not the year. You can tell it's been a long week, you know, been a long week. And it's not even going to be over for me after the show. I got the Ranger game tonight for crying out loud. So it doesn't. I don't stop, man. I don't stop. That's why when the summer gets here, thankfully I get a chance to unwind. Jeez. <laughs> what year is it? Oh, man. But but don't you think the uncle thing kind of confused you a little bit? Because we weren't getting directly to the. The, the crux of the answer, right? I was wondering if he actually thinks he's an uncle or not. You no, kind of wondered. The great uncle is, is, is that works. Like, the, the great uncle makes sense. Like, once he finally explained what was going on, he said, okay, he's a great uncle. I mean, I'd like to think he's not a bad uncle. No, he's a, he's, he's a super great uncle. Do uncles brag about themselves like that? I think you have to. I think you have to. Even if you're an absentee uncle, I still think that you could get credit for, you know, being a part of the conversation. I haven't talked to him in a while. I haven't seen him in a while, but I'm his uncle. It works. Richard's in Manhattan. You know, he always works. He's up next. Richard, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dan. Dan, last closing thoughts on the NCAA tournament. And let me tell you, any tournament or any sporting event that excludes North Carolina the runner-up last year, Blue Blood Program perennially, mm-hmm. excludes that team and allows Bailey Dickinson, who's no one ever heard of, plus 
didn't deserve to be in the in the tournament because they lost their conference final, but because of a technicality, stupid stupid technicality, they're invited to the uh, tournament. Any tournament like that is worth watching, and it proved it, its point. Uh, my last thing I wanted to say about it is, by the way, UConn's having um, UConn's having their championship parade today. As a matter of fact, uh, oh, up in Hartford. One, uh, as far as UConn goes, Dan. I've been watching the tournament 58 years. I go back to University of Texas, El Paso, Texas Western. And any team that had that dominant a run, as UConn did, was always one of the favorites, always a dominant, Kentucky, UCLA, Georgetown, you know, past dominating teams. This was the most dominant run I've ever seen by a school that was unheralded. I mean, UConn didn't even win their conference. They didn't win their conference tournament. They came in fourth in their conference. And to win every game in the tournament by an average of 15 points, that's incredible. Six games? You're not talking one or two. They won six games. That last game was what was almost unwatchable, even though San Diego State did come back a little bit. They were dominant from the beginning in every game that they played. It was an amazing thing. I don't think we'll ever, ever see anything like that. It was wonderful to watch. Uh, uh, as far as what the Mets did, that Thursday-Friday pull that they did, they knew they didn't want to play. They, they started the season seven straight games on the road, and they had to play the next day, Thursday, at home early game. So they looked for any way to not play that game. And I understand, but to the lie to the fans and say uh, uh, where, where, it may rain, well, the game that they played on Friday – was 15 degrees colder than if they would have played the day before. There's no way they didn't know that. And then they made people take off two days, not just Thursday, Thursday, Friday. See, Dan, I'm the kind of person, if I have a ticket for Thursday and it's threatening to rain, that's my decision whether I go or not. It's my decision if I want to sit out in the rain. I'm not blaming the Mets, and I'm certainly not going to blame the weather. If I want to go, that's it. But I'm not going to give up two days and have to plan two days to go for one game and pay for that game. And then it turns out that the game that I go to is 15 degrees colder than the game that I should have been at. There's, there's no way that they did. There was they, game, Rich, there was gamesmanship there a little bit. I agree with you 100%. Too much. And, and they're and not thank, coming clean, Dan. Not coming yeah. clean about it. Well, but you know what? They're not going to do that. And, and, Rich, thanks for the phone call. Pleasure. Look, there's no other way around it. Look, they, they won the game yesterday. That place wasn't sold out. I know for a fact it wasn't sold out because just for you know what, on Thursday night, you know, Thursday, remember, they called the game because there was a threat of rain all day. And where I am in Jersey, there was not a drop of, not a drop, not a singular drop that fell from the sky for 24 hours. The sun was shining. It was like 80 degrees down at the Jersey Shore. It was as beautiful a day as maybe we've had the entire season. And yet they called the game because the forecast didn't look good. Whatever. But just for, I went online just to see, oh, you know what? Tomorrow's technically now opening day. Let me see what the ticket inventory is. I could have pulled up any ticket anywhere in the board. And I'm not talking about like StubHub or the secondary market. I'm talking on the Mets site, like through their own ticket office, face value, that type of thing. There were gazillions of seats available, tons of seats available. So the thing wasn't sold out to begin with. And then they give you the opportunity to get a rain check. If you can't go to the game on Friday, which turned out to be the home opener, but think about it, though. Are you really going to be able to turn in that ticket for another game that is as equitable as what opening day is supposed to be? 
I mean, that's a game where the tickets are more expensive. You know, people always try to get that one. It's high in demand. Schedule comes out. You circle it on your little calendar. You try to take off work and rearrange your schedule to be able to go to opening day. It's not the same as turning in that ticket to make up for it for like a, you know, a June 17th game against, oh, you know, I don't know, Washington when they come to City Field. It doesn't work out that way. It doesn't. Joe Leo, as a matter of fact, he had tickets for the game, and he couldn't go on. Uh, Joe, what did you say happened to your thing with the tickets? So, my girl, I bought tickets for opening day because my girlfriend's a Met fan. Right. So, you know, she loves her Mets. I wanted to be a good boyfriend and get her tickets to Mets opening day. Sure. So she takes off from work yesterday or on Thursday. For Thursday. And they cancel the game, and she couldn't go. So instead of going, and I tried you know, to ask anybody that I knew, hey, can you go? Nobody could go. So I ended up calling at 9 o'clock. I think I was the first caller to the Mets ticket hotline mm-hmm. yesterday morning at not, literally 9 o'clock. Called and got a voucher for any game except for the Subway Series this year. It's good for any game the entire year except for the subway series so you were able to get at least some sort of a rain check on the tickets that you weren't able to use on thursday correct and i think because it's any game during the year obviously i think i get the value back in some way shape and form because realistically i could go see otani when they play in i don't know august by golly well you gotta hope you got, well, first of all, you got to hope true. that Otani is still an angel. That, by that's the time true. August he might, he might actually be a Met, so that that might <laughs> that might well, maybe work, not. Out, work out. Maybe not, and and I got to bring that up too here in a little bit. Um, yeah, but that's good. You were able to at least get the the voucher. Then, well, one thing you got going for you is at least that the weather's going to be better for you than it would have been yesterday. Because if you go to any game later in the season, it's going to be warmer than it was yesterday. It didn't quite feel like baseball weather, but you know that's the case this time of year in New York. When you go to a baseball game, if you go to more often than not, the opening days that I've been to in my life. First week of April or whatever it is, the weather stinks. It's cold. It's windy. It's, it, it's, it's just what it is this time of year. What a hunk. So, so at least you got that going for you there. But it's good you were, able to, um, you were able to make that happen. And by the way, before we hit the break here real quick, Tiger Woods has been saved due to the ineptitude of some of the other golfers there. We talked about um, Thomas there. Tiger does make the cut. How about that? He sneaks in. So 23 consecutive cuts made at Augusta for Tiger Woods. Now, it's not nothing to write home about. It's not like he's going to be wearing another green jacket. He's three over, way, 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 way far from the top of the leaderboard. He's 15 shots away, but he's playing for the rest of the weekend. So you get to see Tiger Woods for a coucouple of more days here. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. More calls. We'll get into the baseball stuff as well. Dan Gross' show till noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, Richard, hold on one second. You can go back to drilling the person's tooth for a second. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Guess whose voice you get to hear one more time as if you haven't heard enough of it all dang week anyway. That's right. Give me the name of your show. No, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Sorry. What was her name, Harvey? Joan. That's Joan in Queens, right? Shout out to Joan in Queens. Wonder how she's doing these days. But, yeah, we're back. Rangers tonight. Rangers Jackets. Final road game of the season for the Blue Shirts. Tonight in 
Columbus. And by the way, the hockey, we'll get to that real quick because we haven't even mentioned that yet today. Still got another week left in the hockey regular season, and there's still things to decide. As far as the Rangers are concerned, look, the odds aren't great right now, but they still do have a mathematical chance of getting home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, but they got to find a way to close the gap between themselves and the Devils. They're four points back a jersey, three to play, and their chances could be squashed as soon as tonight, as a matter of fact. There you go. little ESPN hockey theme for you. So they're four points shy of the Devils for second in the Metropolitan Division, but don't even know if the Devils are going to be their first-round matchup because there's a chance that Jersey could win the Metropolitan and then Carolina would slide back to play the Rangers. So Rangers and Columbus, I mean, you'd be surprised if the Blue Shirts don't take care of business tonight. Columbus stinks. The Devils, they're in Boston tonight. Okay, so that is going to be a tricky spot, obviously. The Bruins are going for, like, the best record in the history of the National Hockey League, so they still have a lot to play for with four more games still to play this season. But the Devils are one back at Carolina. Carolina, though, has a game in hand for that top spot in the division. Now you got the Islanders. All right, they're still trying to punch their ticket to the playoffs. They're sitting there right now tied with Florida for the two wild-card spots in the Eastern Conference. They're both only a point ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins with three to play. Isles are home tonight to take on the Stinky Flyers, who have lost five in a row. Pittsburgh is in Detroit. Florida is in D.C. to take on the Washington Capitals. And the Carolina Hurricanes are in Buffalo to take on the Sabres. I I tell you, I I can't remember the last time. We are as geeked up about our teams around here in this town when it comes to the spring playoff season with the NBA and the NHL. They're all going to be a part of this thing. I think they all could potentially make, probably out of all the teams, you know, the five teams, I think the one that probably has, you know, the the most diminished chances of maybe doing something spectacular would probably have to be the Nets, right? I, I don't think this is a good matchup for them against Philadelphia. I think the Islanders could be a pain in the neck. I mean, they've proven that even though it was a couple of years ago and making both of those back-to-back runs to the semifinals. Devils are going to be a tough out, as we know. And the Rangers, the fact that the goaltender is playing as well as he is right now and they seem to be rounded into form a little bit, I think the Rangers could also um, be a pain. That's why I think, you know, you want the Devils to <laughs> want the Devils to win the division. So, therefore, you're guaranteed that potentially they both could advance past the first round. Because if Jersey plays the Rangers, one of them is going to have to go home. You know, and that would take a little bit of the buzz out of the whole festivities here. Let's say hi to Rob in Limbrook. He is up next here on 98.7. Rob, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dan. How are you? Robbie, things are good. What's on your mind? No, I just wanted to add a quick story for you. You were talking about the Met opening day and everything and how they pushed it back. If me personally, if I was them, I would have let it, the fans show up. And if, God forbid, the weather got bad, maybe offer them something like another game. I went to opening day in 96 to the Yankees. Yeah. And Is that the snow that one? Day. That was the snow one. It was a great game. Had a pitch to Gem. And they gave all the Yankee fans who showed up that day a voucher to another game. So me and all my buddies, we were young. We were in our 20s. And we said, all right, what game do you want to go to after that? So we looked at the schedule, and they were playing the Mariners. We said, let's go to the Mariner game. We'll see Tino, Ken Griffey, A-Rod, all these guys. Twist and turn, we go to that game. That's the game Dwight Gooden threw the no-hitter. That was against the Mariners, Dwight, Dwight Gooden's yep. no-hitter? Yep. Why did I think it was against Cleveland? No, it was the Mariners. 
How about that? So your free voucher game was the Dwight Gooden no-hitter. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. Like I said, it was me, like eight of my buddies. We went. We said, you know what, let's go see, the, you know, the big boys, all the, you know, the big hitters. And then Gooden goes out there and throws a no-hitter. Rob, did you go buy a lottery ticket after that one or no? <laughs> I you should have. You should have. Absolutely. <laughs> Good phone call. Appreciate that's it. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the, the Mets should have done something like that. It would have been better off. You know what, though, Rob? And, and I thank you for the phone call. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. I hear what you're saying. Here's the problem, though. When did you say they did that? 1996? I don't have to tell you that it's a completely different world in 2023 than it is in 1996. You know? Look at the prices alone of what it costs to go to a ball game today versus what it costs to go in 1996. Go find your old ticket stub from that day and, and, and whatever you paid for that ticket versus what you would have paid yesterday for a similar seat on, at opening day. You know, teams aren't going to be as willing to just give the things to their fans for free if they don't have to. They give you the even exchange, but to say that they're going to sit there and throw you a bone and throw you a free ticket, that's few and far between these days, you know? It's a pretty penny. What these players are getting paid and what the operational costs are for these ballparks, they're going to try to make back as much as possible. By the way, by the way, something we've been talking about here with the pitch clock, I got a story for you when we come back. As far as, you know, the speed of these games, the amount of time you're spending at these ballparks, got a story of follow-up on that. Talk to somebody that, you know, wanted to get their reaction who is in the know when it comes to baseball. Still one more hour to play with. We'll get into the Mets and the Yanks, what we saw yesterday, and what we can expect here for the rest of the weekend, among other things. Dan Gross is showing another 60 right here on 98.7 ESPN.